Please rise as you're able for the second reading. It's a reading from the sixth chapter of First Timothy, beginning at the eleventh verse. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time, he who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. So I I promise not to do to you what I typically do to my youth downstairs and tell everybody to move towards the front of the room. I also promise uh, to not make you get up and go find somebody you know, tell them your name and what you did this summer and your favorite food. I'm a lifelong Lutheran, so I know how that works. As I was considering and praying about the text this year, I couldn't help but think of our mission trips this year and how grateful we were that we were able to be back on mission with our, with our teens. So the epistles from the Apostle Paul to Timothy are letters that embody not only the mentorship that occurred between the two, but also important theological teachings, along with practical teachings for leading a Christian life in a community like ours. In this specific text we just heard together, Paul is giving Timothy encouragement and really a snapshot of how Timothy is to participate in what God is already doing. Paul is a graceful and patient mentor, outpours what it means to participate in God's grace. And he teaches Timothy what it means to lead as a Christ follower. As you can see, this this is why this text is so impactful for us today. As we strive to do the same, to lead in Christ's name, just as Timothy was instructed to do so. In our community of faith, I am proud of our mission work. As I believe that it seeks to honor God and we serve in his holy name. Part of that mission work, especially for our youth, is short-term missions. Short-term missions are a vital part of our ministry as they accomplish so much in the life of a teen. Not only do they serve the primary role of facilitating teens serving others in Christ's name, they also leave a stamp that is easily seen on youth's life for years to come. Just as we see in the teachings of the Apostle Paul, there's many layers to his meanings. As so, so is a mission trip. On mission trips, teens experience some pretty amazing things. They make lifelong friends. They learn new skills, and some even get to use power tools. They get to travel and experience new things. The youth are shaken up and moved out of their comfort zone. I also take away their cell phones. 
They get to wake up and spend a week around a schedule that resembles something like this. Wake up at 7 a.m. Yes, during the summer. Eat breakfast. Enjoy a morning devotional in God's word. Then they serve others. They eat lunch and then do another devotional in God's word. And then they serve others some more. Then they spend time with their friends that they've made on the trip. They eat dinner, and then we join in worship and hear God's word together through a lesson every day. And then they're in bed by 11. How blessed would we be if our everyday looked like this? Each day built around serving others and being in God's word. And dedicated worship time every day. How awesome is that? Yes, the work they do is important. As we heard time and time again during the trip, from the people that they served, the pastor from Shiloh Chapel Church told us that he had been praying for help at his church, and then a bunch of teens came off of a bus to help him. All glory to God be indeed. Yes, it's important, but what I just mentioned is the heart of the mission trip and where we see the most change. It's truly amazing to stand back and watch as a teen takes all of this in. And you can see God working in them right before your eyes. And what is it that they are doing? What is it that we are doing? What do we do to bring this about? Sure, there are plans made, emails sent, phone calls, and last-minute text messages about the pack list. Just trips to the store. I buy a ton of snacks and water bottles and sunscreen. But really, all we're really doing is participating in what God is already doing in the ways he's already moving. This is where we find ourselves in the text with Timothy. As much as Paul is instructing Timothy to do, all Timothy really is doing is participating in God's grace. He is seeking God in all that he does. To pursue righteousness, faith, Love, perseverance, gentleness, true faith, and eternal life. These all begin and are carried out in God's grace. For without God's grace, we have no say over any of them. And we most definitely have no power over them. I know for myself, when I look at this list, that I fail in at least one or more of these areas every day. On many days, most of them. Some days, admittedly, it feels like all of them. I'm sure you guys can relate. On this list, least of which is eternal life, in which we struggle to even grasp, much like the nature of the Holy Trinity. But we have faith. Faith which is God-given is therefore a reliance on God's grace. Have you ever had a period of time where you felt like God was hammering home a point in your life. I had one of those weeks recently where I encountered God's word in Romans 12, 1 through 2, four different times in the span of one week. One was a sermon here at Faith by one of our pastors. The second was during a Bible devotion I was doing during the week on the Bible app. The third, I had came home from work one day and Christine, the kids, were listening to a sermon with the same text. Finally, on a Thursday afternoon, I was prepping to meet with our college young adult ministry on a Sunday, and I opened up our Bible study material, and guess what? Romans 12, 1 through 2. 
I like to think that our sense of irony and humor is also part of her being made in the image of God. A similar feeling took place during our mission trip in Colorado Springs. Unlike any other trip I have led before, we had many more opportunities to hear testimonies from different people throughout the week. Typically, with this ministry partner we have, Thursdays are set aside for testimonies. We hear testimonies from leaders, uh, Next Step staff, and from pastors in the area. But as it turned out, God was working through people, and we heard a testimony every single day of the week. Some were from the Next Step staff themselves, as planned, some from other leaders, and some from the people we served. As we heard these powerful testimonies, they had a huge impact in all of us. We heard how people struggle with so many different things. Pornography, anger, self-worth and self-image, broken families, fraud, substance abuse, and violence. And then we heard about God. How God had worked in these people's lives, and although they still struggled... God was still working in them and through them. God was not done with them. Even when the most powerful testimonies were heard that week, which was the hardest to hear, was from the pastor of Shiloh Chapel and how God continued to work through him. We got to see how God was using these redeemed but still broken people for his good and to share his good news with others. So during this week, I could not help but think of the Apostle Paul. Well, actually, the Saul, Saul the persecutor of Christians, and then the Apostle Paul. You know well the story of Saul's conversion, this man who sought to destroy the early church and bring about the ruin of the lives of Christians until he encountered Christ. How amazing is the account of his conversion? Acts nine seventeen through 20 says, So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogues saying he is indeed the Son of God. So although the Apostle Paul is the most unlikely person that God could have chosen to use in this way, or to write so much of the New Testament, it was his start where Jesus saved him that gives weight to his account. Just imagine the powerful message that Paul was already carrying with him through the gospel, but to also be living proof that God can and will save everyone. Yes, testimonies are a powerful thing indeed. As we know from Paul's epistles that surely the Holy Spirit was with him and continually renewing him in the faith each and every day. And Paul didn't shy away from his struggles, especially when he explained about how he struggles in the things he doesn't want to do and not being able to carry out the things that he wants to do. Paul is the perfect example of our weakness not being able to hold back God's purpose in our lives. I'm going to repeat that for you. Paul is the perfect example of our weakness not being able to hold back God's purpose in our lives. 
As the Holy Spirit worked through Paul, he was freed from sin to live out God's purpose in his life. And so we too are all freed from our sin, although we continue to live in it. We are not hampered from our sin to do work in Christ's name, though. We are free to pursue God despite our struggles and our mistakes. To seek the daily renewal by the Holy Spirit. Theologian Rudolf Bultmann wrote, Faith's obedient submission to God's grace, the acceptance of the cross of Christ, is the surrender of a man's old understanding of himself, in which he lives unto himself, tries to achieve life by his own strength, and by that very fact falls victim to the powers of sin and death and loses himself. Therefore, faith as obedience of faith is also released from these powers. The new self-understanding which is bestowed with faith is that of freedom, in which the believer gains life and therefore a life in Christ. Because of God's grace, we no longer belong to ourselves, to ourselves, but to God's grace in all things. God will accomplish exactly what he aims to when we live by faith. Paul's continued testimony throughout the New Testament should be both humbling and and encouraging for us as we seek God. This fact that we are freed to live in a faith is how Paul was able to rejoice in God, even when he wrote from a prison cell later in his life. There is a reason that Paul instructed Timothy to be a bold witness to God's grace, and even referenced Jesus' testimony before Pontius Pilate. This testimony would knowingly lead him to the cross. Jesus knew his fate, But he also knew the plan was much bigger than the cross. He knew that the plan included a victorious resurrection. Our lives and testimonies should reflect that same victory. Testimonies show how we fall flat before the law, despicable and broken as we are, but are ultimately redeemed by the gospel. By definition, we are justified by faith in Jesus Christ. It's one of the most central tenets that Martin Luther fought for and confessed. This justification is instant and whole, and nothing can change it. Only the power of God holds control. We, of course, are then sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And this is where God's grace and our stories beautifully come together to share God's glory. As theologian John Theodore Mueller wrote, hence not only conversion but also sanctification depends entirely on God's grace. So just as justification is done instantly and forever, sanctification is also done yet is not done all at the same time. On the daily sanctification of a believer's faith, Martin Luther wrote, Oh, it is a living, busy, active, powerful thing we have in faith, so that it is impossible for it not to do good unceasingly. If only we could do good unceasingly, right? What I hold on to from Martin Luther is this. Our faith and our story is a living, breathing thing that ebbs and flows and looks different each day. It's a daily renewal of God's grace in us and our faith in him. Some days we rejoice, others not so much. But real faith in Christ is, His love and mercy on the cross and his victorious resurrection, 
It's like an anchor for us that keeps us constant. It gives us perspective. And it helps us to seek God's purpose in all things. It's an incredibly powerful thing to share our faith in our struggles with others. Again, as Mueller wrote about our struggle between our two natures of a sinner and saint, the constant struggle between the two natures and the believer does not prove that he has fallen from grace, as many true Christians in hours of trial are inclined to think. On the contrary, it is proof that he is living in the state of grace. There is spiritual death only when the struggle against the flesh has ceased. The struggle in our testimony is part of the journey. It is meant to be so. Not because God wants us to see, wants to see us suffer, but because suffering is part of our broken world. It is also part of our walk with Christ. It resolves and refines our faith, but it ultimately points to God's grace. This is why I encourage and pray for every one of us to be bold in how God has worked through our pain, our struggles, and our faith. Don't hide your struggles. Be bold to show God's glory despite your weakness. Share God's faithfulness in your weakness. You never know how God's grace through your testimony will change someone's life. Remember, we are ensured victory over our struggles through Christ's power by participating in the role of sanctification along with the Holy Spirit, through living and breathing God's word and in constant prayer. And remember this, faith is from God, justification is from God, sanctification is from God, good works of faith are from God. This is God's grace working in our lives every day. This is the gospel living out through us. This is the power of a testimony. Amen.